guys from North Hamlin's Channel Incident. That right there is the head coach, uh, Tony Ursland. Good to be back with you guys for the fall. I know the semester's a couple weeks old, but uh, but wrestling season never stops. So, uh, fellas, how's it going? It's, it's good, man. I feel like I might be rusty with this. I'm waiting to see how this first episode goes uh, before I really tell you how it's going. But, uh, no, nah, man, it's, it's great to be back talking about the team wrestling in the upcoming season. Your logos are all backwards on your your shirt, so I don't know how how good a day you're having, or so we're a little we're a little concerned, but we're gonna see how this goes anyway. Day started really early this morning, so you're lucky it made it down there at all. <laughs> well, let's go back in time a little bit. It's been uh, like you said, Coach. It's been a few months since we got together. Back, I think April might have been our last show, and. Uh, we got frozen up a little bit there. I, I think April was our last show. Um, let's let's talk about the summer. What uh, what kind of work you guys got done during the uh, during the off months? Yeah, and, and that's exactly right. Like work, you know, that's what summer's for: getting better and making gains. And and certainly, while we finished off, you know, the season with a bang with, with multiple All Americans, and we know you know, what Matt Ramos did, you know, it's nice to get the, the young kids, right. That, that recruiting class that was, I think 13th in most of the, the recruiting uh, class rankings to have them all on campus. And they were, they were all here, um, you know, working together as a group was, was awesome. And I just, my overall impressions on the group is, you know, they are a bunch of workers. Uh, we already have a good, what I would call a good culture on the team, a strong work ethic. But, man, these young guys jumped in and they just were going nonstop. You know, I mean, they were doing everything we asked them to do from a team perspective. And then when you talk about getting those individual uh, workouts in, boy, they 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 just they ate it up. And uh, I couldn't be happier with the work ethic and the mindset of these young guys coming in. I think in addition to that, Tony, you know, I'd love to hear you follow up on this. But um, they are they are a competitive bunch like these damn kids, they compete at everything all the time, nonstop. And everything from witty banter to the wrestling mat and everything in between, like they all want to win at everything all the time. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a good group. Not only are they competitive, right, in their, their credentials, their resume that they brought in kind of bore that out to some extent, but – when you mentioned that, it, that extends to kind of all aspects, you know, of everything, you know, they, they want to win and they're not afraid to tell you either, which I love, you know, that you got it. You, you can't be afraid to speak it, you know, on some level and put, put yourself out there. And, and I really enjoy the nature of this team, you know, especially, you know, a guy I'll say is like a guy like Joey blaze, who's always talking, you know, he came in and, and fit right in right away. As did most talking. But yeah, but Joey just sticks out because of kind of his personality. And, and he's that guy you're talking about who wants to win at everything. So um, just love to what this group has brought to the team, um, you know, in, in total. And, and again, I thought we had a great summer because we got a lot done and, and really got to know these guys on a, on a different level. Corey, this is a group that uh, you and I should probably not play, you know, something like Monopoly with for fear of getting stabbed. Like it's, it, it, it would get cutthroat. I think they would, they would get pretty serious. You know, Tony, we talked specifically about the freshmen, but, um, you know, I thought, I thought the rest of the guys on the team came back ready to work, ready to, 
um, you know, summer's such a different time because you take out a lot of the stuff of, of the season with, with the weight cutting and the competing and the, you know, getting match preparation and going through cycles that way. And it's just more about, I mean, we already said it, it's more about just work. And so I thought those guys did, you know, those guys did a great job of kind of banding together and, and taking the next step. Yeah. And that's uh, worth uh, mentioning, right? Like I gravitate to just talking about the new kids because we were very excited to have them, them in, but you're right. Like the entire group had a good summer and, and to their credit, right. You know, Matt is still around. So his leadership is tremendous. I think he's really embraced that role. And, and so I was great, you know, uh, appreciative of him kind of picking that up and running with it even more, but to, to watch the group respond, uh, especially after, you know, in some respects, uh, a tough year, right? Like when we talk yeah. about, you know, what the dual year was, it was nobody's happy about what we got done from that perspective. And, and we all expect more out of ourselves. And so to have those kids double down and come back with great attitudes and, you know, and a desire to, 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 to make it right and improve, I think was, was awesome. And that was the entire group. Like I said, it'd been easy for us to fool ourselves a little bit with a strong ending like that. Um, but, but we recognize, Hey, we, we didn't get what we wanted and, and we've got a lot of work to do. And that filtered through the entire team. So again, while the young guys were, they were a lot of fun. They injected some kind of some life into the group too, you know, some different energy that I really enjoyed. Uh, I thought the, the focus of the entire group um, from, from our team was, was great. Uh as Corey mentioned before, school is back in session. A um, couple weeks, couple three weeks into the the semester now. How has that work from the summer carried over into the start of the school year? I think the summer, and you you highlighted, you guys talked about this a little bit, right? Like you don't have as many distractions, right? You're not competing you're not making weight you don't have school like unless a, a guy or two here was taking summer class they didn't have those same distractions right like we could put really put blinders on and and kind of set the the framework for here's our expectations and here's how we're going to do things day to day and, and sometimes that that step up in expectations or you know the intensity of the workouts right what that is you know on a daily basis when you're pushed like that can, can kind of throw some young guys back a little bit. It can be a, a tough adjustment. But again, I thought this group really embraced that and it helped set, again, the framework uh, of what we're going to be as a team. So when we got here in the fall, I really felt like we hit the ground running as quick as any team I've had here. Like, I mean, it was day one, man, we hit it and we were in the room going and, and the guys were focused and it just, you know, the, the transition wasn't as severe as maybe it has been in past years, at least from my point of view. I'm sure the young guys still had their struggles, don't get me wrong, but from uh, typically being in the room and focused on on what we're trying to do, that that happened really quickly. Um, one other note that, you know, we didn't really plan to talk a lot about this, but I think it's, I think it's interesting and I think it's worth noting. Um, you know, we brought in eight freshmen. Um, we brought in two more kids uh, from the transfer portal in uh, Marcos Polanco and James Rowley, uh, who were, you know, were very excited about for, for a variety of reasons. But on the flip side of that, we did not have any attrition due to the transfer portal. 
you know, in, in a, in a thing where, you know, a lot of teams across the country, kids are leaving left and right, you know, not just wrestling, all sports, um, to have a group that stayed intact, you know, was only, you know, we graduated a few kids and, and obviously they've, they've moved on to great things, but, um, to be able to keep your roster intact as you try to build year to year, I guess, as a coach, how exciting is that? And I, you know, what is it, what does it say about our program? Yeah. Uh, so from my perspective, I just think it says a lot. It's something I'm really proud of. I mean, again, because in today's day and age, and you spoke about it, the transfer portal and in hand comes right in behind that is NIL, right? I mean, that comes right in. We know what's going on there. And so for us to have some great things happen like they did, but still retain, not only retain, you know, um, these guys, right? Like our recruiting class. And we had guys in our class approached by people, right? Even before they got here, they were approached. Uh, you know, um, certainly Matt Ramos had opportunities to leave if he wanted, right? Based on what he did. And those guys all chose to be here because they love the culture of our team and our staff and and what we have. So that was that was great to see. And then to add two other quality kids, when you talk about uh, Marcos Polanco and and James Rowley as well, right? Like that just speaks to, you know, um, the the strength and the unity maybe of our team. You know, we we work really hard. This sport just necessitates that you have to be pushed and work at a you know at a, at a very hard and tough level. But to be able to do that and keep your kids uh, when you're pushing them in those ways, to me, says a lot. I'm going to jump in here, Coach. I, before we get too far away from from the the, the beginning of the season, I, I I love that you pointed out that there's kind of dueling motivations. You know, there is the there's the motivation to prove that the regular season last year is kind of not who we are. Um, that we are we are so much better than some of those results. And there's a lot of reasons for results. You know, over the course yeah. of a season. Um, but then there's you know the the other side of the coin where you go to nationals, you get two All-Americans, you have, uh, uh, you know, one of you guys set the, the wrestling world on fire for, for mm-hmm. the weekend. And so everyone in the room sees that and says, this can absolutely happen here. I've seen it happen here. I can do this here. Um, how much of, you know, the dueling motivations, but also the belief that the guys may have been able to glean from from last spring – how much does that belief matter? I, I mean, belief is huge. And I've always said, you know, um, when we've been a little short of our goals, it wasn't for lack of effort or work, you know, or focus. You know, we, we'd been doing the right things. But, you know, um, you've got to climb that mountain in s- certain respects, right? Like you've got to overcome some of those things uh, and to do that with guys in your room. And they're still here. Right. I mean, the, you think about, OK, Parker, guys saw what he worked like every day and what his focus was. And he got there and Matt's still here. And they see. So you see it and you have it. It creates the belief you're talking about. And that's a huge part of it. I don't think anybody's ever going to argue with you that, you know, the the mental and belief aspect of sport isn't isn't a huge thing. So it was big in, in a lot of respects for us. Um, and yet I still have a huge chip on my shoulder. I probably do every year. Right. I mean. You know, if you if you don't have, you know, 10 All-Americans and 10 guys with 4.0s, you know, when your goals are to excel at as high a level as you can, 
you, you, you always have, you know, some of that, but I mean, I think last year was really tough with a young group of guys who I know were better than what some of the results dictated. I did. It left a, a bad taste in my mouth. I got a big chip on my shoulder and, and uh, I certainly think that's the case for the rest of the team. So now that these guys are more battle tested and understand what's going on, I, I think they're in a much better uh, position to, to excel and really showcase who they are as competitors. I am, uh, I am definitely excited to see what the, you know, I guess it's technically their third year. Um, you know, these kids that were, you know, redshirt freshmen last year and starting in the lineup and so on and so forth. Um, very excited to see some of the jumps that they make this year in particular. Um, you know, that seems to be a, a thing in the sport, honestly, you know, like I, I know we talked about it a little bit last year in the fact that, uh, you know, that first, that redshirt year, that redshirt freshman year, when you're going through the fire for the first time, it's, it's, it's tough on young kids, you know, especially in the big 10 when you're going against all Americans every single week. So I am, uh, I'm excited to see what those guys in particular um, bring to the table this year. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and part of why I talk about the, this young group too, with, with great energy is, man, I think a lot of them embrace it. They're excited. Their perception of what that struggle is, is a very positive one. You know, they understand that um, that that struggle is necessary to take them where they want to go ultimately in their journey. So I think that's a huge deal. You know, a kid who doesn't handle you know, and you call it failure, maybe you lose and you haven't lost maybe in three years. But how you handle that, how you look at that, what your perception is, is really important to your development, you know, in college, because there is more adversity, more tough times just from the nature of the, um, the, the kinds of opportunities you get. So I like that about this group. I think their perception um, uh, of what is in front of them and them kind of embracing that will really help them. Uh, continuing on kind of the theme of, of new Boilermakers, um, we are in the thick of recruiting season, um, bringing in kids on unofficial and official visits over the last couple weeks and, and for several weeks coming forward. How, uh, how are you and the staff holding up with, with the grind that is recruiting? Yeah, I think we're um... – you know, that's, that's a tricky question because, man, it, it's a grind and it is hard, but it's kind of the culmination of, of a lot of other work, as you know, right? I mean, between all of these hours on the phone and then some home visits and just a lot of time since June 15 spent, you know, getting to this point. So it's um, it's exciting. It's, it, it, it's exciting to have these kids on campus and then you can connect the dots as far as everything you're talking about. And I feel so, you know, incredibly strong about everything that we have at Purdue and, and not just, you know, resources. We have a lot of resources. We have a lot of nice stuff. You know what I mean? We've, but, you know, we've got great people, you know, dietitians and strength coaches and a coaching staff that cares and an administration who, you know, um, who really cares about the right things. But you want to connect those dots because these kids are hearing from coaches all across the country about everybody's nice stuff. And you need to make it real. Right. Like you need to make it real. And I think we we've done a good job of that. And the kids who 
maybe desire that the most are the kids you see with us, you know? And then I would even say that you look at that, like, um, you know, a James Rowley, right? Like he was, he was at, uh, you know, Wisconsin. He, you know, we were, we were number two the first time in recruiting and, and he just missed something there. The fit wasn't quite what he wanted. You know what I mean? And, and now he comes in and, and now all the dots are connected, right? Like he's, oh yeah, now I know, you know, I can, I can, I feel really good about this environment for me. And, and that's the thing. You've got to make it real and connect the dots for these kids. And that's what these official visits are all about. So while it is a grind, it, it, it's, it's the culmination of a lot of hard work by a lot of people. So two things I think worth touching on and, and looking at a little bit. Um, you know, we are now in, I think, the third year of being able to host juniors for official visits. Um, the landscape of the sport in recruiting has changed drastically. I think you would both agree to the fact that if you look at some of the measurables that are on the various websites of like the big board or the top 100 or the top 150, um, a lot of kids who are in the class of 2024 who will be signing this November um, are already verbally committed and have been for a while. Um, you know, I think there's, there's maybe a dozen kids in the top 100 that still haven't made their decision yet. Um, and so as you said, you know, you talk, you alluded to the fact that since June 15th, as we've started talking to these 2025s, like um, these are kids that are still, you know, two years away from campus. Um, how have kind of the changes in the rules, you know, affected your approach to recruiting and, uh, and how we're doing things here at Purdue? Yeah, I think um, for me, it, it has sped things up and most people would tell you this. Um, but, you know, for a guy like me who values the relationship so much, and I think that is so key, like, you know, it doesn't take, in my opinion, long to evaluate talent. You can watch these kids growing up on flow or anywhere else. And you, and you can see a hundred and you know, 50 matches of them at the tip of your fingers. So you can evaluate that quick, man. You want that relationship. And, and, and so you need to evaluate very quickly. Are they a good fit for you? Does their work ethic, their personality, you know, how they want to compete, how they need to be coached. Does that fit with you guys? Um, you know, and can you show them a plan that's going to work for them too? And you've got to do that quicker than ever. Now we've instituted, and I won't say specifically, but we've instituted some very specific tools to help us do that, how we communicate with our guys and how we interact and evaluate. But, uh, and I think that's been tremendous for us, but it's just sped that up so much uh, because if you don't get a feel for them and offer sooner than later with these outstanding kids, they, as you mentioned, they're going to be off the board quick. And so it just makes you speed everything up. We haven't changed our priorities. You know, we haven't really changed our process but I think we, we try to get a, we're more specific about the things we're evaluating right away. Um, Corey, you're a guy who's been around college athletics a long time and in a variety of sports. Um, you've seen this in other sports, you know, you've seen how you've seen this go into basketball. You see it going into football. You're now seeing it in wrestling. I guess what has been your take on the, 
on the process and on the way college athletics have kind of shifted, shifted in that direction. I think it's, and this is where I think what, what Tony just mentioned about culture and, you know, knowing who we are. I think the successful programs are the ones who have a firm foundation in, in who they are and they're not going to chase, you know, they're not going to chase rainbows. They're not going to go chasing things that they don't truly believe in. If you do that, it's kind of a, maybe you get a short-term gain, but I don't know that there's long-term success there. And and that's what I, you know, I really commend you coach and, and going to lead to a question here eventually of my own, but knowing who you are, having that foundation and saying, okay, we're not going to change what we do fundamentally. Uh, we're just going to, we'll try and evolve, but we're not going to throw every 20 years of experience out the window. How, uh, how, how much different are you now than say six or eight years ago in your coaching career, because you have a deeper belief in what you're doing and, and that your way is the way you want it to be for a reason. Yeah. I mean, Oh, there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot there. Um, Cause we still make mistakes. I still make of mistakes. Course. I can go right. I can just talk about the last few years where we've made mistakes, but I, I guess I do have a firm handle on what I believe works for us at Purdue and, and what we need. And then, so we've been very um, maybe aggressive and direct and, and focused on, you know, what we call externals almost anymore. You know, I guess that's how we refer to it in our meetings. It's the externals of a young man because the talent and those things are readily available to the eye, but it's, man, can he be successful in your program? Um, because this is what we value and this is what we know about him. Mm-hmm. And, and so you try not to get blinded by the talents and you still do. Like I said, like that's where we still make mistakes. You get blind, like you see a kid who wins everything and on the face of it, you think, yeah, he fits, but there's just something there. And it's easier to see in hindsight, but maybe that that hindsight and doing this, you know, for 20, 25 years now has allowed me to ask better questions and get a better feel and find tools that will help us take where we want to go. So it's tough because I would I would certainly tell you I don't got it figured out, but I do know and I have a better handle on what works for us at Purdue, which is which is huge. It's sort of like if you're the same guy now that you were 10 years ago, you're doing life wrong. You know, yes. you, just, you need to you need to recognize and, and change and evolve and tweak and all of those things. I had a conversation with Dave Shondell earlier today, the volleyball coach here at Purdue and and about his evolution. And I don't know that we'll ever see video of you, you know, doing a TikTok dance in the locker room <laughs> after a match like we did him. But, you know, the ability to change and to stay relevant as we get older and the kids stay the same age, right. It's, it's an ongoing challenge. And I I think it's just great to have your eyes open to that. No, there's no doubt. And and adapt or die. Right. That that's, that's a real thing. Like I, I believe in that. Um, I also know, you know, I've got minimums in my, in my mind. Right. I mean, I've got minimums of what I believe about this sport that, that kids need to possess on a fundamental level to do well. But after that, I think, you know, I, where I've really come to appreciate it is, you know, if you ask me, you know, Tanner knows this, the staff knows, I like kids who move forward, want to hand fight hard and, you know, uh, approach the sport in a certain way. But 
man, like some of the best kids I've had haven't been that way. And you yeah. could even say that even uh, Matt Ramos is not that way, right? I'm not going to try to teach, put Matt in a box to hand fight. That's not Max and that's not Matt and that's not his skill set. But, um, you know, I still understand Matt can score points and here's the position he can score and is, is his conditioning a factor in matches? Yeah. He, he's not, he's not going to get tired. He's not going to take timeouts. You know, he, there's things that I know that I believe that I like that, that will do well with us. And, and, and so again, it's just trying to stay away from those kids that maybe they're talented, but boy, they are not going to compete or train or yeah. maybe even value. Maybe they don't value education in the same way you do. And that's a problem. Because at Purdue, we value education. You know, you, you don't got to be a 4.0, but the degree has got to be important enough that when you're tired at night, you're going to take care of your business uh, and get that degree. So it just having a good handle on those things and a, adapting um, as you work through, like, can he fit with us and can we coach him yep. is, is important. Um, Follow-up question. Again, this is for both of you. Um do you guys think, and I don't really know where I stand on this, so I'm kind of curious to hear your answers. Do you think there is any sort of connection between kids committing earlier and younger and the rampant kids in the transfer portal? Go ahead, Corey. You want you want first shot at that one? No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> That's an honest answer. Um yeah, I think there's some of that. I, I do. I, you know, we know some kids who, uh, you know, take one visit and then they're off the board. They take one visit, they get one offer and they accept. And, you know, for us, we're like, well, how can he possibly know what it is he wants? I mean, he thinks he knows, but, you know, that's not always real life. That's not reality. And, and so I, I think there's part of that there. Um and I just think there's a lot of youth. There's a lot of immaturity too, where you don't know what you want. Right. And, and so, um, and you have adults with authority and not more money than ever involved. I, I, yeah, I just think there's more mistakes being made because people are rushing through the process. And, and I would always just tell parents, like, just remember you guys are the ones driving the bus, you know, even though my job is right to bring good kids and show them the path here to Purdue, which I think we, we do a fairly good job of, um, you know, there's still people struggling to remember like, hey, um, it's it's my decision. I don't want to be pressured. I'm going to work through my process and make my decision in a timely manner. So and those are the kids that last, in my opinion. Those are the kids who stick and last. Corey, you want a taste of that? No, I'm still staying out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I want no part of the transfer portal. I'm not uh, I'm not well versed. No, it's a. It's an interesting deal. I think for a program, like Tony said, uh, we value building the relationship. We value, you know, getting to know the kids and the families and, and as much about them as humanly possible as we go through the process with them. I think with that window shrinking, as far as like the time between you can talk to kids and when they're making the decisions, I think it's, uh, it's tough. It makes it makes it definitely hard on programs like ours where, you know, we we want to know as much as possible before, you know, deciding if this is the right fit. But, you know, going both ways, whether they we feel that they fit here or they feel that they fit here either way. Um, and so it's uh, 
it's interesting. I, I've been fascinated by the, you know, the, the extra year of, of recruiting and, and how it's kind of played out over time for us. But um, I mean, you take it, you brought up Joey blaze, Tony. And so I think he's an excellent example of a kid who um, committed to us really young, but just continued to build that relationship after committing and uh, you know, realizing that it's been two years since he committed and now he's finally here has been a, a pretty funny revelation amongst the staff and, uh, and even his parents. Yeah. I, 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 you know, anybody in people will know who Joey is soon enough, but when you're around him, like he's uh, you know, he's a kid who has a good sense of himself. You know, he's, he's, he's confident in himself. He knows he's good. He's, he's willing to work for it, you know, and sacrifice for it. And he knows what he needs. Like he's a, he's a kid who I think under, understands himself pretty well. And that worked out really well for us because he committed to us based on fit. And we thought as well, he was, he was great for us. And then what he went on to do over the next couple of years, even after his commitment win everything, you know, eventually rising to number one, um, I think really helped us, right? Cause there was other suitors coming down the road, you know, uh, asking him, you know, Hey, come be a part of us. We'd love to have you. And I, again, I think that that's a testament to, uh, how comfortable he is with the program, the team, the coaches and everything like that. And I just think that's, those are the things that last, you know, um, the optics of money and all of this can kind of just you know, take you away from what's really important. And, and, and we just always want kids to know like you being happy and being in an environment that's going to allow you to flourish is the most important thing. You know, that will ultimately take you to what you want to do with NCAA championships, which, you know, there's NIL following those things, right? Like Matt Ramos has, has done a ton of things and made good use of NIL. So those things come, you know, let's, let's make sure you put yourself in the right environment first and then, then the rest will follow. And I think that's a, a good Testament. You know, when you, when you talk about Joey, I guess, Tanner. Yeah. Um, you know, the other part of recruiting in the fall, that is a, a huge deal for you, Tony, and um, is uh, getting to go to the football games. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we get to roll out on Saturdays, get to spend some time down on the sidelines with, with kids and their families and, and whatnot. Um, and, uh, you know, anybody who's watched the show before or knows you even a little bit uh, knows that you love football. And so uh, definitely a, a fun perk of the job and of the season. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's a great time of year. Um, you know, I, I, as you mentioned, love college football. Uh, Ross Aid, awesome this year with the new tunnel. We got to see that first time a couple weeks ago. And then um, the, the south end zone being completed as well. Love it. You know, it's just it's a tremendous environment. And it's everything that I love about college football. And certainly a lot of excitement um, with this year's team, you know, uh, that big win at Vodtech. And so, again, excited to have them at home this weekend and and just watch them continue to grow. Yeah, I thought the uh, I thought the new layout of the stadium and the way the team, you know, where the team came on the field and and having the team warming up on that north side of the stadium, right where we, you know, where the recruits are and whatnot. I thought it was um, a very new and, and awesome experience, I think, for 
for the kids and for the families and whatnot, you know, basically being right there at the tunnel as they run by and giving high fives. Um, you know, the guys even ran into uh, Mike Allstott on the sideline before the, before the start of the game. Um, Coach Shop ran over and, and, and grabbed him and took some pictures with him and stuff. And it was a, uh, it was a pretty cool experience all around. Looking forward to uh, doing it again this weekend. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And you go back to that first weekend too, right? Uh, wrestling was kind of team of the game, they call yep. it. So they were yep. honored and highlighted some of their accomplishments too. So just uh, a fun opening weekend all the way around. And now that they're coming home again off a, off a big win, you know, has us excited for a couple of reasons, right? Like I get to watch college football and we've got a couple big recruits in as well. So, it, you know, a lot of stuff coming down the pipe and it's all good. Um, I will say I, one of the things I'm excited about this weekend is uh, the temperature will not reflect the, uh, the last home game. That yeah. was that was a scorcher. I got smoked. I mean, I, I've told you guys before, I am not uh, tan. I am either white or I'm red. And when I got home that night, I was red. I was hurting. So, uh, yeah, so I, I welcome fall people like let's 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 roll this cool weather in here and let's get going. We got, we got cooked pretty good at that first home game, but it was still I mean, I tell you what, we had a huge group. I want to say our group was like 30 between mm-hmm. recruits, unofficial and official and guests and coaches and uh, student hosts and everything. I think we ended up having like 30 people in our in our bunch. And it was, it was a good time. We had a lot of fun despite the, despite the heat. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, and the heat was high too, because there was a lot of wrestling talent in that group. I'll, I'll just say, we can't obviously give specifics, but I just say that was a really good group. So the heat was really high. <laughs> For sure. Um, Corey, you got anything else on the schedule here this week? I know uh, it's, it's funny. Like you said, you use the words. You use the word schedule there. Uh, I know you guys, <laughs> yeah. you guys released the uh, the non conference schedule. Uh, we can take a look at that real quick if you want. Uh, starts on the road first couple weeks. It looks like Clarion Open, and yep. uh, a couple couple good matchups out the gate. Honestly, with uh, at Journeyman Duels with Army and NC State, that should be a good challenge early. I would think, followed by the Journeyman Classic. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's a great weekend. You know, last year we did the the Clarion invite, which we're going to do again this year. It's good to see different people. You know, that yeah. that's what I loved about that event is people that we we won't see a lot of after that. So that was nice to start off the year with some different competition. And you mentioned, you know, West Point, those guys will be ready. They'll wrestle hard. They compete hard. And then NC State's very strong program. You know, so a lot of respect for uh, Papalizio and what he's done there. So, uh, yeah, good to get an early test, you know, uh, out of our group, you know, and, and really kind of see where they're at. Then you get that return home for the Boilermaker duels, UND and NIU. I know we've got uh, we've had several duels with with those two schools over the years, and it's it's nice to get a November home date for you guys. Yeah, and, and it, one, good to be at home, like you said. We'll be on the road the first two weeks, so to kind of sleep in our own beds and, and get a couple of duels at home will be great. Um, you know, we're, we're going to uh, take the, the following weekend off with Thanksgiving before we really get ready to go to Vegas, which is always another big test. 
So I, I like it where, you know, we've got a, an opportunity in the first few weeks to really get tested and evaluate. And then we, again, we get those couple weeks to really train, prepare and make a bit of a jump, um, you know, in our wrestling going into some really good competition there at Cliff Keen. Definitely. Then, then you get another week off for finals, uh, give the guys time to, to finish strong in the, in the fall semester before heading down just before Christmas to the Campbell duels. I imagine that's a return trip from, uh, from last year. Yeah, exactly. You know, Campbell was up last year for a quad and, and so uh, we owed them back and, and they got a couple of very good teams coming in with us, right? That will be yeah. another good test before we go into break, you know, and enjoy Christmas. I mean, you have Stanford, North Dakota State and Campbell, all with a lot of very capable kids in their lineup. So that's a day, again, it'd be nice because, you know, we'll have finals behind us. We'll have been able to train and, and heal up, you know, coming out of Vegas before we really before we really wind it up again for, for a good day of wrestling. So I'm excited about I don't know if ebb and flow is the right word, but man, um, we really get uh, tested in spots and then we get opportunities to train and really prepare and see the jumps that we've made, I guess, in our non-conference. Definitely an interesting note to throw in there about Campbell is the fact that uh, both Stanford and North Dakota State are bringing new head coaches uh, to the event and, and some, some very different rosters based on uh, you know, transfers and, and coaching changes and, and everything else that's that's happened at both Stanford and uh, North Dakota State. There's no doubt. I mean, um, both of those programs look quite a bit different, maybe even in terms of the lineup they'll have. We'll have to see what happens with Stanford because Cole just recently took the North Carolina job. But certainly um, what happened after Kish departed NDSU really changed what their lineup could be. So we'll just keep an eye on it and see. But we know that they're, you know, they've got good kids in that program, accomplished kids. And they're going to show up. They're going to compete. So uh, we'll be ready. Then on January 3rd, you rounded out with a duel against Lindenwood on my, my wife's birthday. So that's going to be a hard one for me to, uh, to handle at home. Um, but I, I, told I, not, I told him not to schedule it there, Corey. You didn't look <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, turns out Coach Ursland, no, she's a big fan of you. I was so trying I, to get Corey out of the house. Tanner, <laughs> you told me he wanted to go. I said nothing. I that's what you were saying, man. I thought Jacqueline knows we I would wanted. never say that. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I don't. They feel like I'm getting thrown under the bus here, yeah, Corey. No, I just want you to know. I'll, I'll be the only one under this bus. Let me let me tell you. By the end <laughs> of the day, it's it's going to be me. I do notice, like you said, you got a couple tests, and I love the Campbell trip. Uh, and and I know we're running long here, but that's what we tend to do. Uh, yep. No scuffle, no mid, uh, no uh, no post Christmas Christmas vacation or winter break uh, tournament. I know there's yep. a couple of big ones. I'm not 100% sure of the name changes, so we're leaving that uh, 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 off the table right now. But choosing not to be a part of, of any of that, just picking up another duel heading into Big Tens, what went into that decision? I Just, just trying to make sure that um, we compete as much as we need to to be ready, be in the kind of shape, and get tested the way we need to, need to early on to be ready for Big Tens. But still at the same time, not get not come out beat up, you know, too yeah. with too many matches or some of those things. And so uh, honestly, this is we'll see how it goes. I mean, we've and we'll still, by the way, for anybody uh, interested, we will still have kids at these major tournaments. When you look at Midlands or even Scuffle, yeah. and these are there, there's a great possibility we'll have kids there because if somebody gets hurt and misses a duel or misses a tournament, they might need to make up their match count. Yeah. And so I'm not going to dismiss them completely, but I just thought for the way the varsity, the match count set up, 
we didn't need to come right out of uh, either a scuffle or Midlands the way we had the last couple of years going into some important duels. So we're going to, we're going to change it up just a little bit, um, but always evaluating and, and we'll see, you know, what we liked about it or what we didn't like about it. Once we get through it. I think there's a lot to be said for trying something different. And I, you know, last year we went down and did the scuffle for the first time this year. We're taking both off of the varsity schedule. I think, uh, as you know, the NCAA qualification process continues to change and the, uh, like you said, the match counts continue to go up and down for, for some of the top kids. I think, um, I think it's admirable that we're trying different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, there's no perfect science here, but again, right. The goal is to be battle tested enough going into your big 10 schedule, but still be healthy. And certainly that's what we're trying to balance out. I mean, you need to think of it too, as uh, 10 teams, right? You got 10 varsity guys and we're responsible for RPI win percentage ranking for each one of those kids. And so again, like I said, it's not a perfect science, but you, you go into it like, okay, Here's where we want to be in terms of number of matches, number of matches against quality people. You know, maybe having a win percentage where you need it to be. Like you're trying, we've got goals that you're trying to get out of it. And again, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll evaluate that when we're done about what we liked and if it did what we thought it should for us. And uh, there will be no shortage of quality opponents in the Big Ten schedule, which um, we do not have yet, but we'll we'll probably have in the next few weeks. Yeah, um, I would say, you know, the Big Ten office, who I spoke to here in the last couple of days, mentioned next week. So I, I have every, you know, um, you know, I guess uh, indication from them that in the next week, hopefully by the time we line up again, we've got a schedule in front of us and we're talking specifics about dates uh, and who those opponents will be on those dates. Sounds, Sounds like a good time. Sounds good. I think we're going to. We'll leave it there with uh, with a tease for a future show. I love it. Uh, Coach Tanner, good to see you. Good to be back. And uh, we'll keep this thing rolling all season long. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Boiler up.